Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Oh, Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. We've got some big news here on the Peristyle Podcast. I'll just play this for you. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Some Bear Alexander today on the podcast. I got Chris Trevino joining alongside me. Plus, we got to talk about what Lincoln Riley said, recapping the spring game, some college football rule changes, a whole bunch of stuff we want to get to. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can email us, uh, podcast at uscfootball.com. That's our email address. Or you can call or text us at 424-254-9141. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app, please follow us along there at the Peristyle Podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. We really do appreciate that. It helps to grow the show. We haven't got any new ratings uh, in the last week or so, so please get in there and uh, leave us one. We'd appreciate that. And if you're following along on YouTube live, we got a bunch of people already uh, noon on a Monday. So people are in there in the chat and uh, we'd love to hear from you there. So put your uh, comments in there, put your questions in there. I will star them if you say question and I will try to get to it uh, at the end of the show. Holy cow. Like before we even got started uh, and we don't encourage this, but you know, we're, we're not going to discourage it either. Uh Blackie Chan gave us a $5 uh, donation already in there. So thank you for that. Who does Bear remind you of from past Trojans? Uh, in my opinion, he reminds me of Cedric Ellis. So per the rule, if you guys put a donation in there, we have to kind of read it right away. So even though we're doing the opening, uh, I got to do that. So Chris, welcome in. How you doing? Good. I have Unabomber vibes right now. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy wearing the sunglasses, but I was going to take them off, but then... I don't know if you left this on super bright. I, it was blinding me, so I oh. just decided to throw them, keep them on, and they're my new prescription sunglasses, so I can see finally. So you, can, you can see, okay. And we got a little uh, from Blackie Chan. Uh, who does uh, Bear Alexander remind you of? That That's more of a question for you, man. I mean, you've been covering it longer than I have, and I haven't really had any, like, super big stud defensive tackles that USC yeah. has played for during the – Obviously, like not really during the Helton era. I mean, Marlon obviously was big. Jay Tufele was big, but they're different kind of players than him. So this is more of a question for you. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, there's not a great comp that I can think of a, a 6'5", 315-pound guy. You know, like Cedric Ellis wasn't that tall. He was he was more of a six, I think six one or six two or something, if I remember correctly. I don't remember someone being that massive. So I... I appreciate the uh, yeah I, I don't know well I'll I'll think on that a little bit but no one that pops up that was this large of a human being um, Stevie Stevie Tulikovatu he wasn't six Stevie five, was T he? yeah I mean but he's sort of the, the the similar body type he wasn't obviously yeah six foot four I believe he was like six foot two something like that three twenty maybe so that's sort of like the similar body type in terms yeah. of the big big like nose guard a zero tech kind of guy yeah roger says bear could be like leonard um leonard Williams, but it, he wasn't 315 pounds you know like this is 
This is just a different body type. Yeah, it's very different. Like if trying to do the comp, it's like it's hard to do uh, the body type. But anyway, we appreciate that. Thanks for the. Uh, so if you're in the chat, um, and we will, uh, you know, put your comments in there. I will do my best to put them on the screen uh, as we go, as Chris and I kind of go through this. And like I mentioned, there's a lot of stuff we want to get to today. Uh, but you know, we got to start off with uh, Bear. You know, Bear Alexander is great. Before we get into all that, though. Definitely want to thank our sponsor, uh, Trader Joe's, because, man, uh, they've been awesome to us over the last several years. And uh, if you go over to TraderJoe's.com, I love when they do contests. They do a little recipe contest, Chris. Um, this month, it's so May 17th is Trader Joe's Banana Day, and they're going to have oh. a banana recipe contest. And the pun is this sounds very appealing. Ha, ha, ha. So anyway, you need five <laughs> Trader Joe's ingredients. One tasty recipe, a fabulous photo, and you get three chances uh, to win. So uh, make sure you go check that out if you like. I love, what do I you, win? Are you a banana stuff? Yeah, banana guy? I'm, a, I'm a big banana guy. I do like banana guys. They have some recipes up there already. With the peeled banana and cookie butter cake looks ridiculous. Uh, banana cold brew smoothie is on there, and there's also a vegan banana bread uh, waffles. So they got some recipes on there. But if you have a good banana recipe, you want to make something up with uh, some cool Trader Joe's ingredients, make sure you check it out. Let me see what the – you want to know what they win? Yeah. What What do I win? What What is the the deadline? The prizes. One winner will be selected by our panel to receive a $200 Trader Joe's gift card. Oh. And your recipe will feature it on the website. And you two runners-up will get a $100 gift card. And all uh, all three winning entries will be featured on Trader Joe's Instagram account. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you get some free Trader Joe's, which... I mean, I get free Trader Joe's from you just because they're the sponsor. But yeah. sure, if I want more, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Throw some bananas down. Love it. Uh, but thank you to uh, Trader Joe's. But anyway, we do have the... The big breaking news. Uh, we'll let Chris kind of give his spiel on it, but uh, Bear Alexander, uh, yeah, entered the portal, big defensive tackle, former five-star, uh, went to Georgia, played some, uh, had a sack in the national championship game, six foot five, 315 pounds, went in the portal a couple weeks ago, took an official visit to USC, and then all of a sudden... Uh, so he goes from this, we'll show you on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, Big Bear, Alexander, wearing those pretty UGA uniforms. Now, look at this, USC colored, cardinal and gold. They're smiling there in front of the, the torch on his official visit. Chris, we've got to get your thoughts on this. Pretty big, big crazy news there from Bear Alexander. First of all, does the chat do emojis? Can we see emojis? Because if so, we need like a bear emoji run okay. at this point in the show. I don't remember if they do emojis, but yeah, throw some bear emojis in there. We'll see if it works. So the, the emojis we can show in the chat, but they when we pop them up on their screen here, they don't they just they don't come out. Only the only I the still letters. want the bear emoji okay. run. So still throw some bear emojis in the chat. But yes, Bear Alexander, first off, Ryan, I think we're we're you're adding a little bit extra to his height. Six foot four. Okay. Not I six, foot six foot five. five. All right. Uh, six foot four, six foot three, you know, between there, whatever. 303 pounds, underwear to 315. That's where I've seen him listed. But let's just say six foot four, 315 pound defensive tackle from Georgia by way of IMG Academy in Florida, by way of Texas out of the, the Lone Star State. 
big prospect out of high school, top 50, number 50 overall. USC was actually recruiting him. He was scheduled to take an official visit during their big golden hour visit over the summer, but didn't end up making it happen. So there is a prior relationship with Lincoln Riley and the staff. Goes to Georgia, contributes as a true freshman. Like you said, a couple tackles for a loss in the national championship game. Got a ring. You know, was thought maybe he was going to be the guy this year for that defensive line. But again, it's Georgia. They've recruited that position super, super well, just like they have everywhere on the field as you know, two-time national champions under uh, Kirby Smart. So a lot of guys, a lot of competition. So decided to seek other pastures. Obviously, if he comes to USC or a lot of other schools, he's going to be the man for that defense on that defensive line. He'll have that opportunity here. Only needed one official visit. He was recruited by Miami, you know, Penn State, Colorado, those teams, but only took one visit. And in transfer portal recruiting, unlike high school recruiting, The last visit is the key for high school prospects. But in transfer recruiting, the first visit is usually the most telling, the most critical, because we've seen it a lot of times. Transfers will take that first visit and then shut it down right there. So this was USC's chance to just shut it down. And they did. Had all the momentum. Had a good visit. It was very quick. He he announced that he was going to make his college announcement while he was still technically on the visit, which obviously is a good sign. It looked like he took a private jet to Las Vegas. He was seen in Vegas, but also kind of looked like he was in Miami. I'm not really sure where he filmed this, where it took place, but it looked like he flew to Vegas, posted the commitment, which was a very subtle, understated commitment video, by the way. But he is going to be a Trojan committed to USC. He is the number one rated transfer in USC's top five transfer class. He's the number 12 overall prospect in the transfer rankings and... The real, the real uh, classifier that USC fans love, he's the number one defensive lineman in the transfer portal ranking. So a big, big, heaping bear size win for the Trojans. And it addresses a massive position of need. For sure. And uh, we saw last year Lincoln Riley bring in some real superstars, but they mostly were on the offensive side of the ball, right? You get Caleb Williams, you get... Jordan Addison, uh, you know, guys like Travis Dye. And you brought in some guys on defense, but there weren't the, like, proven, you know, contributors. Like, you you know, when you brought in Travis Dye and you brought in Caleb Williams, like, those two guys were, like, basically their, their team MVPs in the bowl game the year before, in the Alamo Bowl, you know. These were proven commodities. Caleb Williams being a former five-star, all that. Now you're bringing in some of those guys on the defensive side, which I didn't really get. Uh, in year one, that first cycle through. And Anthony Lucas, you know, a former five-star defensive lineman who, you know, one year at Texas A&M. Now Bear Alexander, former five-star from Georgia, you know, and you're seeing some of the star power now. And I think this is the fourth defensive lineman in this offseason. So position of need, highly ranked, productive. This is exactly what you want. Uh, if you're USC, Lincoln Riley, and, and Alex Grinch especially. This is what we call in sort of the old school recruiting terms, this is more Gerard, the war daddy. They got a war daddy at defensive line. That's what Bear Alexander is. And yes, like you mentioned, this is the fourth defensive lineman that USC has picked up in this transfer cycle. And I'm going to run down the list because it is quite impressive when you take into account their size 
and their potential and experience for some of these guys. Bear Alexander, six foot four, 315 pounds out of Georgia. Anthony Lucas, a former five star, six foot six, 270 pounds out of Texas AM. That's two SEC guys right off the bat. Right. Six foot five, 285, 285 pound Jack Sullivan. Now he's listed at 275. I'm giving him an extra five to 10 pounds because he looks bigger than 275. It looks like borderline offensive tackle at times when he's coming out of practice. Big dude, starting experience in the Big Ten out of Purdue. Very uh, very experienced and has some production at the college level. And then Keon Bars, six foot two, 290 pounds out of Arizona, was a starter there. So yeah, these guys, uh, these guys as in USC's recruiting staff and defensive staff made huge upgrades across the defensive line. You basically replaced the whole starting unit from last year. You can start all of those guys I just mentioned at once. You could put Keon Bars at defensive tackle, Bear Alexander at nose guard, Jack Sullivan at defensive end. And again, Jack Sullivan can also play any three of those spots. Versatility, big key. And then Anthony Lucas, who can play defensive end. And we saw working at Russian at six foot six. 270 pounds. So what I just listed, that could be your starting defensive front right off the bat, which is just an impressive feat that USC pulled off getting not just guys out of the portal, but starter caliber players out of the portal. And uh, Ryan, just to uh, throw your favorite quote of all time at you, big people beat up little people. (laughs) Big people beat up little people. It doesn't take many. It's hard to be bigger than Bear Alexander. It, It really is. And now USC has a front. Now, could they probably use maybe at least one more defensive tackle interior guy? Sure. But what they have right now is really, really good. And you still have, you know, some productive guys to work with on the second unit. You know, Stanley Tawafu, you know, undersized, but, you know, scrappy guy. A lot of starts in his, 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 play, his playing career at USC. Yeah. He could be a contributor still. Stanley... Uh, sorry, Tyrone Teleni, seven and a half tackles for a loss last year. Yeah, productive. Very productive. Very that's productive. a guy you can come off the bench, give some guys a breather, and make plays. So they have some guys to work with and build with on the second unit, but that first unit has taken a massive upgrade. For sure. And uh, two points I want to make. One, yes, I. you guys put a lot of cool bear emojis in the chat. So if you're in the chat, you can see them. We can't share them on the screen. They just show up as like, whatever they don't they, the emojis don't come through for some reason uh through the software so i'm sorry about that it's a thought that counts it's thought that counts but thank you for all the bear there was a lot of cool bear um emojis in the chat but two and i think there was a thread on the peristyle about this is look at i think it might have been from rich rich jesse you look at the guys that are coming in um the upgrades in so many positions on the defensive side of the ball the guys are still there and you went from like a starter to a backup. And when Lincoln Riley talked about like the gap between what the number ones or the starters or the people and then the people behind them, part of it being that the guys that were starting are still there. And then you brought someone better and they're going to get, you know, kind of bump them down. So it's an overall upgrade, not only just your now your starter is like kind of your depth as opposed to you had your starter and then depth was like further below that. So you could replace the whole defensive line, uh, you know. Tuli to Peloto, like lead the nation in sacks. That's tough. Outside of that, like you could have all new guys now on the defensive line and everyone else that was going to be good or contributors. They're like kind of bumped down to second string or part of the rotation or whatever. Uh, that's, that's saying a lot that 
you are upgrading the talent that much where you're replacing, you know, you're turning starters into backups. They didn't leave. They're still there, but now they're a backup. Right. It's just further depth across the board, makes them deeper, makes them more experienced. And and obviously the guys I listed, you know, they go have to have go out and win those starting jobs. I can't pencil them in just yet for a starting role, you know, come this fall. But for the most part, these are guys that are all expected to be major contributors, either that's as a starter or as a first guy off the bench in some capacity. You know, Jack Sullivan, maybe he does start, maybe he doesn't start. He's been working both on the second team and the first team. They have Solomon Tuliapupu there. Don't forget about him. Dejan Benton has also made a strong case this this uh, this spring. So there are guys that are going to be fighting. So the the big overarching theme of this, what we talked about, is competition. There's yes. so much more competition between bringing in guys like this and then guys who started last year and played last year now in that mix. And now that just brings out more competition. And that overall brings out just a better team and a more fiery team if you will because they're they're going against guys like this in practice make everything easier on Saturdays for sure I mean you're a guy like Dijon Benton who we saw running with the ones a lot right and looking really good and you plop in Bear Alexander now was he motivated before he's going to be even more motivated now right to come in there uh, and you got to compete with a former five star and I think that just it makes the room better it makes everything better so uh, we have a uh Question from Alex Ruiz. Uh, how is Eric Gentry and Romello Height coming along? Well, we didn't we didn't see both there, either of them really. Was that a donation? That was a donation. Okay, yeah. thank you for the donation. Yeah. I you have to say we have a donor. I, I did the Yeah, but you still gotta say okay. it. You still gotta say it. He, I'm sorry, folks. He's not he's not used to the composite two star <laughs> how we how we roll around here. He's still getting used to that. But Eric Gentry, Romello Height, starting with Romello, I know a lot of people were like, Where's Romello Rose? Where's Romello? We couldn't talk about him because he was wearing a practice a yellow practice right. jersey non-contact in practice all this year that's why we couldn't take pictures of him couldn't put out videos of him none of that but Lincoln Riley did talk talk about him in that final spring recap interview uh, presser that he did at the end of uh, uh last week right so he mentioned you know Romello was not allowed to do contact in all of spring hence the yellow jersey so they were just bringing him along. He said he's going to be fully cleared by the, the summer and the fall, so he will be back to being a full participant in the fall. Obviously, you know, he's the shoulder injury is something he's dealt with for multiple years, had the second surgery. You don't need to push the, the shoulder. You know, you don't need him in, in spring to go full out. Rest it, let it heal. But it was good that he was able to be out there and still practice and get some reps and, you know, do go through the drills and stuff like that and, he is, you know, I'm maybe not in line to be a starter this year, but again, if you have a guy like Romello Hart coming off the bench, whether that's to Anthony Lucas or Jamil Muhammad, that's a really good guy to come off the bench. You know, still still looking for his first career sack, but I would have assumed he would have gotten that if he had not suffered another injury this year. So, you know, you cross your fingers that he can go through the the summer healthy and the fall camp healthy and be able to contribute this year because yeah, he has a lot to offer for this defense. And remember, that's a guy they did not virtually have last year that could have had an impact. So, yeah, he's doing well. Didn't have any setbacks in the spring. He'll be back in the fall, full go. But they were just being very cautious with him. And Eric Gentry, he is still in the boot. You know, we've seen him at practice a couple times. 
He was out there at the spring game, had a big smile on his face, covering. Uh, same same thing, just just on the path. It's still expected to be full go by the by the summer and fall. Same thing with Romello. So he is expected to be back to being a full participant in the summer for summer workouts and fall camp. So they will get him back in the fall. Yeah. Uh, we got a since we have a lot of bear talk, there's some bear questions. I'll mm-hmm. pull them up right now and we'll get to more of them and stuff later. But Randy says, uh, Bear is a good is bear a good culture fit at USC. I was hearing he was at six high schools in four years and committed, decommitted, recommitted, transferred, and had lock, locker room issues at Georgia. True or is that sour grapes? Yeah, I mean, you hear stuff on both sides and all that that nonsense. I can't really, you know, speak to what is true, what isn't, and but it, it is out there. You you see it on social media or whatever. But I don't think Lincoln Riley and the staff would not have brought a player in that they didn't feel fit their culture or someone that they think can fit their culture. So, you know, sometimes maybe a new environment will help with that. This is a is this a player maybe you would have wanted to bring in that first year with a culture that you were still building? Yeah, probably. But I think just now the confidence you have in the locker room that you've already built and the foundation that you've built with your culture after one full year and one full offseason, I think you're, you have more confidence that it can, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be with bear, you know, I'm not going to get into what we have heard or have not heard. Cause I think those are those, those, uh, what is the word? Those rumors are a little bit unfounded. You know, he has been to a lot of high schools. You know, there was like NIL involved with him out of high school. But I think you have a culture in place where you can sort of stamp that out if something does occur. You have a good locker room. You have a good bunch of leaders. You have guys there that just want to win. I think that being in place make, should make you feel a little bit more comfortable, even if you have heard that sort of stuff on social media. You just have a, a established room in place where you can kind of handle that if it comes up and when it comes up. Yeah, and I would say, uh, and I think there was people talking about in chat, like Kirby Smart didn't want Bear Alexander gone. So if that that probably tells you as much, you know, what you would need to know about that. Uh, one last one, and then we'll move on to the other stuff. Uh, ESPN reported that Bear only played 160 snaps as a pass rushing specialist last year. How much do you see his role evolving in L.A.? Real quick, um, because Kirby Smart already had like a bunch of guys that are going to be first round draft picks <laughs> defensive line in front of him. USC doesn't have that luxury. So if he was at USC last year, he would have a much bigger role than what he needed to do at Georgia. The fact that he got in as much as he did at Georgia shows, I mean, he was taking reps from guys that were producing five stars, you know, and th- he was a freshman five star. But any thoughts on that, Chris? Bear's role will definitely increase. You know, he wants more of an increase. That's why he was looking for more playing time at a different location. USC obviously really needs him in the run game, you know, to be a guy, a big, big gaping bear in the middle to eat up some blocks and eat up some some space and let those linebackers do their job and bring down a runner. As, as you know, USC's run defense was pretty bad last year, especially towards the end of the year. So they need someone who can plug up those holes and occupy some some blockers and, and free up guys to make plays. And that's what Bear will do as that big space eater in the middle. But he's also athletic enough and talent enough to be a pass rusher. He was a pass rush specialist at Georgia for that defense. So USC needs more pass rush in the middle. We've talked about that. Or just someone who can make it more of a pass rush impact 
in the middle, and Bear Alexander brings that. So yes, his role will definitely increase as he gets more playing time, as he will be tasked with doing more, you know, as many USC fans hope, as a starter for this defense in 2023. For sure. We'll do one last one. And people are asking, yeah, that's basically just the bear sound we use on the podcast of champions for, for UCLA. I just cut up the beginning part and now you can hear the bear per, per Chris's uh, request. There. We needed a bear sound today. You know, it, it can go away after today, but we needed a bear sound for today. 100%. We needed a bear sound. Uh, a lot of people in there. We got like 250 people watching. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. Please uh, smash that like button, subscribe, all of that. We love it uh, when you do that. Some other transfer portal news or sort of transfer portal news. Uh, Lincoln Riley was talked. So we mentioned we're going to go through kind of what Lincoln Riley had to say during his, uh, you know, we had a Zoom call that actually was on my way to Catalina. So I couldn't get I had to listen to it afterwards. I couldn't do it live. Um, he did it on Thursday. We just kind of found out about it on Wednesday. Uh, sort of recapping. I think it was like a half hour or so just recapping a lot of stuff, uh, answering questions about spring ball. But some of the news that kind of came out of this and um, you know, we had put it on our boards for a while. Um, you know, that Cortland Ford has entered the portal, but also Ethan white who transferred to USC from Florida. Uh, he had so, like from Lincoln Riley said there was an injury uh, that they're basically gonna have to reevaluate if he's ever going to be playing football again, going forward. He wasn't going to make an announcement for Ethan white, but it sounds like some sort of like medical retirement. And he said, he was looking to bring a couple guys uh, to replace those two to help out with depth on the offensive line. But Chris, wanted to get your thoughts on the kind of Ethan White situation. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't give us credit for breaking that story. We brought Why, the story. Right yeah, we, we didn't, they didn't know that. They didn't know that. Okay. We had to just, just pat ourselves on the back a little bit. But yeah, we reported that early in the week. Me and Gerard actually talked about it too on the compo- the last Composite Two Star Recruits podcast. First time talking about it here on the Parasol podcast. But yeah. You know, Lincoln Riley did confirm that Ethan White, the big, big, massive six foot four, 330 pound guard out of Florida, will not be enrolling at USC due to a medical issue. Sounds like it has something to do with his back. So, you know, that's a that's a blow for USC. You know, Ethan White was expected to step in and fill the fill that left guard spot vacated by a two time All-American and Andrew Voorhees. That spot is vitally important to protecting the blind side of your Heisman winner, Caleb Williams. So that spot needs to be addressed. They have Gino Quinones, who, you know, filled in fine as a backup last year, had two starts at uh, guard, both sides, left and right, uh, last year. First time getting starts in his in his college career. So, you know, he went through all spring camp as that number one left guard, but they need more experience there. They need more competition there. And they're bringing in, you know, some freshmen, but they're true freshmen. You can't expect a true freshman to go in there and start from day one and have that importance to block for a guy like Caleb Williams. You need more veteran experience, especially if you're trying to make a run into the college football playoffs. So they have some options on the board for them. They are going to be attacking offensive line. They have Bear Alexander in the bag. So, you know, now it's time to focus on offensive line. And Cortland Ford also leaving puts a puts a little bit of a a hit on their offensive tackle depth as well. And Cortland Ford, by the way, committed to Kentucky. So congrats to him. That's a good landing spot for him in the SEC. But, you know, they have Cameron Johnson, a Houston transfer who started 13 games at left guard. So perfect fit for them. Six foot four, 320 pounds. You know, maybe not the level of competition that Ethan White was facing in the SEC, but 
Definitely a guy who can come in and play and start for you at left guard. He is down to USC in Missouri. So it's 50-50 coin flip. Missouri has not been doing so well, you know, as a program. USC, as we know, on the rise, have done really, really well in offensive line recruiting. So you have to like them in those head-to-head odds with uh, the Tigers. But he took his official visit this weekend to USC. Sounds like it went pretty well, so we'll have to wait and see on that. I would expect if he if he cancels that Missouri visit, I would expect it to be a USC-heavy affair for Cameron Johnson. And they also offered Emmanuel Pregon, who out of Wyoming, I believe he maybe is just wrapping up his official visit today or yesterday for USC. He is the most hotly sought-after offensive lineman in the portal and maybe just overall player next to Bear Alexander. He is a six foot six, 320-pound prospect from Wyoming. I bl- I'm blanking on where he actually grew up and played. Maybe it was like Washington or something like that. But he was an unranked prospect, and Wyoming was his only offer. And last season was his first year as a starter, and he did really, really well. I believe he played right guard, but you see the photos of him online with his shirt off? He is a massive block of a human being. So this is a guy that every team in the country would love to have on the roster. Again, six foot six, 320 pounds. You know, that's kind of a big for a guard, but obviously USC could use some tackle help as well. Perhaps his evolution of his game is to play tackle. That's a guy, obviously, who has a tackle body at six foot six, 320 pounds, but also a guy you can fill in and move to guard if you need it. So I'm not sure if it's either if it's one or the other between Johnson and uh, Pregnon or they have space for both. But USC at this point, you know, I think you would love to take both and kind of fork out, you know, what that happens along in terms of starters. Pregnon is a Pregnon is a redshirt freshman, so he has more time to develop. And, you know, I don't know if it necessarily needs to play now, but he's a guy you could use to build for the future if you're able to sell him on that and bring him in now and obviously have him start or compete for a starting job this year. They're pretty well stocked in terms of their starters, just need help with that left guard spot on the interior. But USC is on the the right path right now with uh, offensive line recruiting. You know, they did really well in the first window. We'll see what happens in the second window, but I would feel very confident that they're going to get at least one of those guys to help them this season for uh, at guard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some some potential good news. Uh, this is uh, The portal stuff is pretty fun, and uh, we'll keep you up to date with what's going on there, but props to uh, Chris and Gerard for breaking that. Ethan White News, uh, we had a little comment here. Uh, Man on the Moon says, watching you guys in uh, Cava, Cava. In, in Arundel Mills area in Maryland. Let's go, Arundel Mills. Is that what it is, are you Arundel? At the, are, you at the, are you at Arundel Mills Mall? At, or is it just I, in Arundel Mills? Like a, like a chain restaurant, right? Yeah, like, but he's in... He's in Anne Arundel, Anne Arundel County, baby. Let's go. Nice. Uh, thank you for uh, pointing out there. We got a lot of questions and stuff in the chat, so we'll try to get to everything. A um, few other notes I wanted to talk about from what Lincoln Riley sure. said. Uh, in the so he liked the process of the run game, the progress of the run game. I thought that you know made a lot of sense. We we saw the freshmen do really well. Um, he. He had some followed that with like comments about the defense. I think this was RJ's question. Um, he thought the defense was active and they got the backfield a bunch, but they did miss some tackles on runs that they need to make. 
but he did like some open field tackles. So when he was talking about the defense, it seemed a little bit like, yeah, there were some bad, but they also did some good things too. Um, the run defense definitely wasn't very good, and uh, there were some missed tackles. But any thoughts on what Lincoln Riley had to kind of say about the defense? He mentioned, which he has mentioned multiple times, that you know the game felt exactly how spring camp had went all year or all spring, excuse me, that it was back and forth for both sides. You know, offense would win, defense would win. Just a, just a seesaw of a spring camp with both of those. And I, I found it interesting his when he was asked about, you know, is there any concern seeing how fast the first-team offense, you know, cut through the first-team defense on that first drive, three plays, 75 yards, what, like 70 seconds or something like that? Yeah. You know, he said, you know, that's all you guys really get to see. So I, I can understand why there'd be concerns, you know, from, you know, media calling out and fans and whatnot. But he has seen, obviously, a lot more than we have of that first-team defense first, that first-team offense. So he wasn't really worried about it. He says he has a lot more to go on and to base stuff on and evaluate than we'd have yeah. with that first, those first two units going back-to-back. So right. he wasn't concerned by that, So, which is fair. you know. Yeah. I, we would have loved to see more of that first-on-first, first, uh, but that's all we have to really go on for the – for the rest of uh, summer and fall, for whatever we, we might see. But, yeah, so USC fans are going to have to still be a little bit anxious about that first-team defense, seeing it get cut through like hot butter <laughs> on that first drive. But at least you know they'll have some better players also coming in to help as well and help them close that gap as we move towards the, uh, the Week 0 matchup and through summer and fall. But, you know... I've been. I've said multiple times. I don't think we were going to learn a ton right. for, about this defense come after spring. You know, because we don't get to see a ton of practices. We only have this one spring game, and you know, it's it's a spring game. Everything's pretty vanilla on both sides. So, I've been saying this all offseason. We're not really going to learn about it until those first those first games, and even those first few weeks, who are you know not against like top end opponents. You know, they're confidence builders for this defense, but we right. won't really know until you get into the meteor part of that schedule. We won't really know, but we can see signs. And I think there are signs that it'll be better, but there are also signs that eh, maybe we should uh, be a little bit more uh, cautious about, you know, declaring it as the uh, the next great defense. But the FPI thought is projecting a much better defense for USC. I think they had them at like 56 or 36, something like that. Uh, up from 80, which would USC fans would be ecstatic about, even, sure. at, even at 50, as opposed to maybe 36. But I think it was 36, but that that's a massive jump for this defense. Yeah. Uh, Riley did talk about he liked stuff he saw from the first groups when they were out there. He thought the second and third groups had some big plays, but also some big mistakes that would kind of lead to big plays on the other side. You know, kind of what you expect. You'd mentioned vanilla. He said it was more of a vanilla scheme, just kind of evaluating guys when they were coming off blocks or coming off the ball, one-on-one things, things like that. Um, He said it was also more live than the previous spring, so they had more tackling. And he had mentioned even in days that they weren't in full pads, they were still doing a lot of tackling drills. Um, So he felt that there was a lot of positive results from that, like the more live periods, more tackling, uh, more tackling drills. And even it would help the offensive players, like the ball carriers. If you're getting tackled more, it's sort of like kind of gets you ready for things. So I I thought that was kind of interesting what he was saying about the tackling. And sounds like they'll be more live 
in the fall as well. He he mentioned that at the end that they're he expects them to have more live in the fall. So more live coming for USC, which they need, obviously, in terms of a tackling and defensive standpoint. Yeah. He also talked about the uh, quarterback situation. We saw only two passes from Caleb Williams. He told after the game that, you know, we've seen a lot of football from him. But it was Miller Moss basically versus Malachi Nelson, the true freshman. And uh, he said it was pretty clear that Miller is the number two guy. Uh, but he gave Malachi a lot of credit for competing just because, I mean, he had made the analogy before that like it was basically like a golfer that couldn't play until the tournament, like the masters or something. And he really wasn't able to throw a football until the start of spring ball. So he didn't get to get all those reps uh, from the winter and off season workout stuff. So he was sort of thrown into the fire and, you know, to his credit from what Lincoln Riley was saying, you know, jumped right in and, and tried to compete. So there was some freshman stuff. He had mentioned the, um, that one of the interceptions or the interception and, uh, where there was an issue there, you know, throwing the ball in that spot. Uh, was it Christian Pierce that? Uh, Christian Pierce. Yeah, he intercepted that one. So it was a late across the field, like you know, that's a ball you shouldn't throw. Just things you kind of learn. But you know, any thoughts on what he said about the the quarterback spot? It looks like Miller Moss, number two guy, uh, at least for right now. And then you know, kind of liked what some of the promise that Malachi showed. Not surprised because I think it was pretty clear. Wow, both of those quarterbacks didn't like blow us out in the. In the spring game, it was, I think it was pretty clear that Miller Moss is the older guy, the more experienced guy in that system, and you know just has had more time to develop and do those things. While Malachi Nelson, you know, true freshman, even though he's a five star, coming off a of soldier surgery from his non throwing arm, but still had to work off that. It, it was pretty clear that Miller is still the backup to Kayla Williams, and I just think it's interesting that we're coming up on six days left in the portal. Miller Moss still has not, you know, entered the portal. Not saying he was going to, but it was obviously something that has been talked about. Like, what is Miller going to do for this spring window? What does he look for greener passers? Does he stick around and be the backup in 2023 with the chance of competing for the for the 2024 job when they go to the Big Ten? You know, that that has been a thing that's talked about with Miller Moss. But coming up on six days left, still. No, nothing on Miller. You know, I'm still leaning towards him sticking around, and that would be huge for USC's QB room, just having an older guy like that as the backup and not have to put that much pressure on Malachi Nelson as, you know, a heralded quarterback who a lot of people, you know, expect to be the backup. So, yeah, I think I thought it was really interesting that, you know, Lincoln came out and just said that he is the number two. So we'll see what that happens moving through the, the rest of the transfer window. But, yeah, I think I think USC is in position to hold on to those guys and keep them where they are right now and keep the status quo in that room, which sets them up to be a very, very strong unit once again in 2023. Yeah, hold on. Thanks to sophomore SCN Sports. They gave us a little donation. Uh, thank thank you. you for that. No question or anything, but they just put it in there. I so appreciate we could, it. We had to put it up on the screen. Um, oh, he did Oh, he did come up with a question, oh. so... Like, like afterwards. So since you put the donation in, I'll, I'll read it for you guys now. Do you see USC going after, uh, was it Taiwan Malone? Taiwan Malone. Defensive back. Uh, to the tackle. Trigon, no, I'm sorry. Oh. And then also defensive back, uh, Turquan uh, Fegan and Alabama, from Alabama. Oh, and the DB last named Washington from Georgia. What's the last one? Uh, the, it's a defensive back. 
whose last name is Washington, who comes from Georgia also. Hmm. Not familiar. I'm not familiar with the last one. I'm not sure about Malone that we talked about it on the composite. That's okay. maybe sort of like a a backup option for USC. And that and it all depends on space. I think right now your focus is on offensive line and sh- securing those spots for offensive line. Remember, we haven't had a lot of USC players enter the portal. So there's yeah. not a ton of scholarships open right now. They only have a really a handful to play with. So I don't think you're worried about defensive back and possibly a backup defensive tackle. While I love Malone and think he's a a young guy you bring in, you could bring in and obviously compete to play in the rotation and help your depth a lot and be a guy down the line to be an impact guy. I think you really need to focus more on offensive line. Once you get on offensive line, you can really hone in on, okay, how many spots do we have left? One, two, then maybe we can go after another defensive back or or uh, uh, getting, getting you know, another defensive tackle in here, depending on that. But you really need to focus on offensive line. And then after that, we'll see where, it, where, where the where – the, uh, the cards fall? No, that's that's not the right phrase. Whatever. You just see see what's left for your space in terms of what you can bring in for uh what for other needs that you have. Yeah. We got another. Uh what is this? Money day? Apparently. Trojan alum. Uh thanks for the donation. Appreciate that. Since Reggie Bush has ap- appeared on USCS Athletics TikTok channel, will we see his number five jersey back up on display in the Coliseum. And the return of his trophy. Your thoughts? Uh, this I mean, is a it, you question. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do. So the jerseys weren't the those numbers weren't there. There's really not enough room now because they're going to put Caleb Williams up there too. Um, and it's funny, like you got a Mason Cobb wearing a retired jersey, right? He's wearing number thirteen. Um, Technically, not retired yet. It's in that gray area. He's still he's still wearing it. So yeah, it can't be retired while you're wearing it, I guess. So, um, but I'm not sure what they're gonna do about the just are they there's just not enough room the way they hung them before, so they have to kind of rearrange or do something different if they're gonna do that at all. I assume they're going to, um, and I think we're gonna get to the point where, but I don't think we've crossed some threshold that they're gonna put Reggie Bush's number up there yet. Like something has to happen. Uh, something bigger a, than being on a TikTok? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, something bigger than mentioning him on TikTok. Uh, that that would be my 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 case for it. Like uh, getting the Heisman back? That would be a big one, yeah. Okay. One last thing from Lincoln Riley also gave the kind of updates on the rush ends. He talked about Sam Green a lot, where like he came in a different body type and they sort of used him there. He you know, Chris already mentioned like the Romello Height stuff. I think he talked about Jamil Muhammad a little bit, who ran with the ones a bunch, but they're really excited about Sam Green. Uh, seemed like they were excited about that. Yeah, I mean, Sam Green had some buzz going to spring camp, but obviously not cl- close to the buzz that Zachariah Branch and Attack of Curtis had. And he ended up being, you know, one of the stars of that early enrollee group. Just a guy who made an impact in the spring game. A couple pressures, came up with a sack on Miller Moss. And Lincoln said, you know, they were surprised by his where he ended up at the rush end spot. He came in to play defense hand on the ground defensive end maybe a little three technique but just getting him out there seeing his body he was more fit for the rush end position at that kind of 
hybrid outside linebacker, defensive lineman, which I think fits well. You know, he's not the biggest guy, obviously, but he's really athletic, has an incredible jump off. And that's what made him so elite, despite his size, at a school like St. Francis, which is a national powerhouse. So Green came in, looked the part, played the part, and that's a position that needs more production, needs more pass rush, needs more sacks, to be honest, outside of, you know, Thule. There wasn't a ton of production there. Kind of a mix-max, guys coming and going between, you know, Solomon Bird and, you know, Romello getting hurt, and then Nick Figueroa. So they would love a guy that just claim that spot and take hold of it. So, yeah, Sam Green, you know, Lincoln Riley said he's going, he, he kind of declared himself as being a freshman that is going to have an impact this year on the defense, whether that's, you know, on that front or on special teams and be a factor in that Russian position. And remember, they got, again, Ramilla Height will be full go in the summer. They'll have Solomon Bird back off his injury. They will have Braylon Shelby joining them, a top 100 prospect who Gerard Martinez really, really loves. Borderline says this guy's like five-star range, you know, six foot five, 250 pounds, could be a really special pass rusher. And then David Peavy, who Lincoln Riley mentioned, had a knee injury. So it does not sound like he's going to be a guy who has factors in early in the season. So yeah, a lot of tools to play around with. But Sam Green, who Lincoln said, you know, it seemed like every day during the end, at the end of spring camp, had like two or three sacks a day. And that's something you love to hear as a defense that needs more sacks throughout the year. So Sam Green looks like he's going to be a impact player or a guy who is, has the opportunity to make an impact this season. Yeah, agree with that. Uh, let's see. We want to, oh, we have, there's actually some sort of bit of uh, where we got. Uh, USC to pick up a commitment. We got a lot of recruiting questions, and you guys are going to do your, your two-star composite, composite two-star recruiting podcast with the Cilantro Boys on Wednesday, right? So you guys talk about a lot of this stuff. Oh, right. You're talking about Brian Jackson. Yeah, so much happened that I completely forgot about Yeah, him. Brian Jackson, uh, the three-star running back from Texas, another Texas kid. Uh, USC got a commit from him, so kind of doubling up on the 2024 class. <laughs> yeah, that was one that was, you know, expected for quite some time. USC has been trending for Brian Jackson, six foot, what do I have? Six foot one, 240 pounds. He's a big boy and watches tape. Really fun tape. You know, he played McKinney, Texas, which plays at a higher, higher um, classification at Texas high school football, which is obviously really, really good. I believe they made it to the corner finals of the division two. 6A playoffs, but ran for 1,600 yards last season, 23 touchdowns. Last year was kind of breakout season. Big guy. He was listed as an athlete initially. He'll be listed as a running back. USC recruiting him to play running back. You know, death taxes and Kyle McDonald getting Texas running back. It's just a thing. He's the third running back that they have picked up under Lincoln Riley. Obviously, he still has a sign, but they are trending in the right direction when it comes to Texas running back recruiting. You know, USC does have a history of recruiting the state well for running backs. But, you know, Brian Jackson is is coming in to play a thunder role for, for this backfield to be a big, powerful, downhill, in-your-face running back. That's great news when you're going to the Big Ten in a year. So that's a, a future thunder guy for them. And this seems like the, the running back room has got a lot more physical 
through, throughout the throughout the cup throughout Lincoln Riley's time here. You know, Austin Jones is a big guy. Marshawn Lloyd's a big guy. Marion Peterson is a really big guy. Yeah. Quentin Joyner has some uh, some feistiness in him too. So it seems like they're really building that room out as they move forward into going to a more run heavy conference in the Big Ten. And yeah, and we're going to talk about this commitment more on the composite two star recruits. Uh, Cam wants to know. Um... Was that uh, Rojo's high school, McKinney? Uh, I believe so. I think it was. I, I believe so. Have to look at it. We also got another. Uh, thanks for LV Raider. Just a uh, little donation there. Appreciate that. Thanks. No question. No question. Okay. Just a little. Cool. Thank little, you. Like there was a little bone there. Nice. A uh, couple of things. We got so much to get to. Um, there's some rule changes in college football. The biggest one, so there's no consecutive timeouts. I think there's there's are about to go through. I think Nicole Arbach was reporting this from the athletic. You can't call timeouts back to back. That doesn't really make a big of a difference, but basically you can't ice the kicker. If you get a, a penalty at the end of the first or third quarter, it would carry over so you don't have an untimed down. Doesn't think that happens very much. But the big one is clock stops on a first down in college football, not gonna happen anymore unless it's the last two minutes of each half. So um, that's a, that's a change. It's going to like cut down on some of the plays and all that. But, uh, Chris, any thoughts on that rule change being implemented where the traditional, you get a first down, the clock stops for a little while until they place the ball, but you know, spot the ball. And then you, they start the clock again. Now it's just going to keep running through like the NFL, unless you're in the last two minutes of the half. Well, it's will significantly, sh- not significantly, but it will shorten games. As well, yeah. For for us as media, it will shorten the games. But I'm actually I, I was looking on social media and I felt like a lot of people were happy about this. Like finally, it's going to be like the NFL or what have you. I actually don't like it. Yeah. I like that it's a uh, similar. It's it's its own thing, you know. Stop the clock. It's very college, so I like that. Maybe it's more so like help the players be more developed for the NFL. I don't know. Or just make it more uniform. I don't really like it. I like the, it stops on the first down. I think it makes the game, I guess a little bit more exciting. Cause you have that extra time to like set up for a fi- final play. If you're going, it is nice that they're keeping it for the under two minutes or, or what have you. But yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily like it. No, I see. I would rather just, if you're going to get rid of it, just add a two minute warning. Like, like the NFL does. Mm. Instead of having this, it was a kind of a weird rule, but it was our rule for college football. Now you're putting the weird rule only in the final two minutes of the halves. I'm like, I'd either either get rid of it. Like, I don't like it just being like, now you're like, oh, well, up two minutes left. So now if you get a first down, it stops. It's just, that's kind of weird for me. I'd rather just do a two minute warning and then just be NFL. Like if you're going to get rid of it. I can't wait until this, it it's going to happen during a Pac-12 game where something goes wrong. Wait, it won't be for this year, right? Or will be for this year? I think it. I think it will be. Yeah, I think it's this year. I don't well, know if it's officially like this is what they were reporting. Well, if it happens this year, I can't wait for it to absolutely destroy some some poor game. USC, yeah. USC might get shafted by this this rule at some point where they don't stop the clock, where they do start the clock. Something something's going to go <laughs> wrong in the Pac-12. Very very wrong with this in terms of this rule this season. If, yeah. it, if it's going in. If it's being implemented this season, it's going to go very wrong at some point uh, in the Pac-12. For sure. Play, uh, conference play. It'll be like 201, and they don't stop the clock, and then they run a lot of time off or something like that. 
Uh, K.O. Capone says, 338 Georgian fans here watching one of the greatest shows on YouTube. Fight on, guys. Thanks for that. Yeah, we had a lot of people uh, watching live in the chat, so we appreciate that. The chat's very active. Uh, for a for a noon Monday? on Monday, pretty good. I like that. But, you know, some exciting news. And Howell wants to know, are you hiding a shiner? No, I just... I could turn the lights down. I mean, <laughs> as as I mentioned in the top of the Do you want to take show, it off just to show that you don't yeah, have a shiner? Yeah, I don't have a shiner, but it's very bright. See, no shiner? Yeah, right. It's just very bright. It's like the brightest it's ever been to me right now. So. Yeah, I might have just had it turned up a little bit. Yours look nice and low. Do they? I'm still kind of shiny. Keely, when Keely was here, she would always have me like, for, yeah, we don't put makeup on or anything, but like you could kind of like Speak pat for yourself. yourself. Oh, you, you put makeup on? Yeah. Am I less shiny that way? I don't know. You're supposed to like pat yourself down or something to get, uh, to be less shiny. Um, one, one other quick thing before we jump into the questions. We have a lot of questions in there. We'll try to rapid fire through them. Um, thank you everyone for listening and, and watching live and all that. It's really fun uh, that we get to talk about USC and, in the middle of April and have like this many people interested in it. The Colorado spring game was over the weekend. If you remember last year, USC was the only spring game on ESPN. Everyone was excited about Lincoln Riley. Well, coach prime, everyone's excited. They had 45,000 plus people there. There was like four inches of snow, uh, a lot of excitement. Um, Chris Fowler, who's a Colorado alum and lives in Colorado was the, uh, he, he was on the call along with RG three and, uh, you know, the Robert Griffin, the third, the Heisman winner, it was pretty exciting. And the portal action from Colorado since then, like, uh, Montana, Laverius, uh, Craig, Craig, who was an Inglewood dude and had like some big offers out of high school. was like a middle three-star guy was the star of the spring game and entered the portal afterwards. And it was like, what? Um, yeah, he had like three catches for 154 yards and a 98 yard touchdown in the spring game. Uh, you know, it was it was pretty crazy. The spectacle there. I'm excited that people. Colorado's a great place to watch a game. They've been so bad for so long. One of the worst teams we've ever seen last year at one and eleven is a miracle they beat Cal. I'm I'm excited for and it. You know, USC is only going to play them one more time, but I'm excited for Colorado football to be good again. I don't know how good they'll be, but the excitement's there. They're bringing a lot of talent. We saw. Travis Hunter was playing both sides of the ball. He caught the first touchdown of the spring game. I don't know if you got to see it, Chris, but it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, and that'll be a fun atmosphere when USC plays the Buffs uh, this year. I'm excited for that game. That's one of the games circled as – because I like Colorado. I like going up there. I like going to that game, that state, that college campus. Very beautiful. So yeah. highly recommended. And, you know, potentially get to see Ralphie run. Uh, once Ralphie's again. a little bigger now. She's a little bigger because last year she was like a baby. Yeah, so it was like it didn't really look like it was a buffalo running, but she's a little bigger now. Scared Coach Prime a little bit because he was standing in the pad as Ralphie ran in, and he's like, "Whoa, I don't want this. I don't want any part of this buffalo." And Colorado will be a fascinating comparison to kind of what USC did last year. Very similar, you know, inherited. A very bad team from the season ago, won one game. Lincoln Riley inherited a team that won four wins, was able to get them to 11 wins into the Pac-12 college football playoff discussion. Excuse me. Deion Sanders comes in, able to get them a really good quarterback in his son, Sharon Sanders. Uh, Yeah. 
Sure, I forget. Yeah, I always pronounce it wrong. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. I pronounce every name wrong. But yeah. get a good quarterback, get a really talented weapon to go with it in Travis Hunter, hit the portal super hard. Had a very big offensive uh Shador. High Shador, Shador Sanders. Shador Sanders yeah. Had a very good uh hof- offense, excuse me, high school class. Get a five-star cornerback, Cormani McLean out of Florida. So we'll obviously like uh Deion Sanders isn't like the in that same tier as Lincoln Riley in terms of, you know, a top five coach in college football, but he does bring a lot of excitement, does bring some recruiting prowess, which you've seen them use in the portal in high school. I think they had like 29 transfers. They, I think as of earlier this morning and it's changed, like I, we did the podcast of champions at 10 and I had the numbers of transfers and everything. And by the time the show was over, like an hour and a half later, there's a whole bunch more that were well, added. Well, they're bringing in 29. and they They're bringing need... in 29. They had lost 29. And they're still way above. They need to cut more. Yeah, but they need to cut more. Since the since that was reported, there's been a bunch more guys. Being, you just, if you want to follow along, Adam Munster-Tiger does a great job. He's super busy right now tweeting about every dude that enters the portal. And some guys are like, you know, they were redshirt freshmen. They would have been recruited by Dion. You're like, okay, I get it. They're moving on. There's guys that like, you know, Montana's like, he was a stud. Um, In the spring game. Yeah. And I think, you know, Shador was just like, hey, they he did an Instagram live and was talking about it. There's some guys that they're losing too that would be contributors. One of the things that Dion doesn't give you your number, you know, so USC's doing the gold plated thing, right? If you had a single digit number, Dion wasn't giving you, you had to earn your number. He was wearing uh, number one in the spring game. He was wearing 15, so he hadn't earned his number yet. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but we you know, we don't know the situation. He put a long like uh, tweet out and just was thanking everybody, but he never said he was going to the portal. And everyone's like, oh, like, shotgun retweeted it like hey, he's going to the portal. I'm like, I read it. He never said he was going to the portal. It was just basically like thanking everybody Maybe in Colorado. He forgot to put in that punch. Yeah, he forgot to put the punch. Like You buried the lead there, but he he's in the portal. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be fun to watch. I don't know if it'll explode and be a car, car crash waiting to happen. I don't know, but we'll be watching. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, get to all your questions back in a minute. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. I almost said Podcast of Champions. It's tough to do back-to-back shows because, like, you're sort of in – I'm in Pac-12 mode for two hours, and now I'm in um, USC this mode. Show. Yeah, this show. Our show. The big one. Uh, the big show. Uh, we appreciate everyone watching live. Uh, 350 people watching live on YouTube on a Monday afternoon. This is awesome. We love this stuff. Uh, we got a couple voicemails and we got some emails and then a bunch of uh, questions in the in the chat uh, for YouTube. So we'll try to rapid fire these, but let me play this first one for you, Chris. Hey, Ryan, Curtis, this Bear Alexander commitment is one of the biggest ones that we've had in years. We actually got a lineman, a five-star lineman after he's been performing 
at the college level already. I don't know why we still can't get the five-star lineman in high school, but it's going to eventually happen. We are a destination now. Finally, USC is a destination. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Thoughts there, Chris? I mean, yes. USC has done really, really well in portal recruiting and has gotten better at portal recruiting, and now they're getting better at recruiting defensive players out of the portal. Yes. And once they start getting offensive linemen and defensive line as being a place to go out of the portal, yeah, USC is going to start humming along with even more successful portal recruiting. And, yes, you want more high school guys to commit to you out of uh, the out of the high school and not have to wait a year out of the portal. But that will come. I mean, you're gonna they're still building and building and building. This will be a really good test of the 2024 class because there's some really big local offensive linemen they're recruiting, some big defensive national guys that they're recruiting on the on the defensive line, defensive tackle. So we'll see how that plays out. But remember, NIL is a big factor for a lot of guys, but NIL is a major factor for a lot of these guys in the high school level. And USC seems to be putting more of an NIL approach on the portal than it is on the high school ranks because they've already come out and said, you know, we're not paying high school guys like that. Yeah. So it's easier to get guys at the portal. You only recruit them for a few weeks as opposed to two years and all that kind of stuff. Um, we did a question about Romella Height. We already kind of addressed that. Um, Coach B says, what's up, my dudes? Don't let the casuals talk you out of calling us degenerates. If you want us to smash the like, you'd better talk dirty to me. That's from Coach B. Um, you degenerate. <laughs> smash the like. Uh, no, we appreciate it. Yeah. No, you know, in the middle of the day. It's funny. Sometimes people will tweet or or put in the chat, like, what they're doing. Like um, like you said, like, I'm at Kava. One guy Locking was- Locking at Kava in Maryland. This this morning uh, when we were doing the podcast for Champion, someone was, like, in the dentist office, like, wait, in the waiting room. Like, so they're watching the show. So people watch it all different, you know. They could be at work. They might not be. Uh, one more voicemail, and then we'll get to some of the uh, stuff in the chat. <laughs> Holy smoke. <laughs> Ryan, Chris, oh, my goodness. How awesome is this? Check out this, this new uh, this new look defensive front. You got, uh, you got Lucas, you know, uh, Bars and Bear in the middle. You got, um, I don't know. Uh, Muhammad on the edge. Just four big, strong dudes who can just mess people up. You got people like Lucas and Solo coming off the bench, rotating in. You got a lot of guys, you know, Tulaney, a lot of guys who played a lot of minutes last year as starters, rotating now in on uh, passing downs. This is going to be a good defense. Uh, you know, this is going to be a, a speed defense that's also pretty thick, so Wow, right? I mean, this is going to be a kind of defense that's going to shoot in the gap. The question here from Eddie and Orange is, who do you think plays the the D tackle and who do you play, plays the uh, – no, I actually think that um, it's probably pretty uh, better to get bars at the nose and let um, Bear, even though Bear is a little bigger, play the three-tack just because I think with his first step um, – It'd be a little better for him to penetrate and get into the gaps and get to the quarterback a little quicker, maybe stop some stuff in the in the, in the, uh, in the backfield. But holy smoke, 
You know, the kaboom may not have been for Ethan White, but the kaboom was for the Bears. Nice. Uh, hold on. And he brings up a great point, and it's a really good problem for Alex Grinch and that defense to have is, like, where exactly do you play these guys for that defensive tackle position and that nose tackle, nose guard position with, obviously, you know, you look at it maybe because Bear is the bigger guy, you put him at defense or nose guard as that big middle point in the middle to clog up the middle and take on the center and take on a center and a guard. And you have Keon Bars, who's, you know, maybe quicker than him because he's kind of a smaller guy, not smaller, but smaller compared to Bear at six foot two, two ninety, and showed some some pass rush ability in the spring game, you know, chasing down some guys get in the backfield, put him at defensive tackle and have your two big guys there. Uh, but like Eddie said, you know, Bear is the bigger guy. So maybe you have him there, a bigger factor in terms of uh, sealing that edge and shutting down that run game uh, from a defensive tackle position. And Keon Bars performed well at the nose guard position. We know he can play that position and he did all of spring. So it's a good problem to have. I can't really answer that for you. I think my initial my initial thought is to put Bear at nose guard and Bars at defensive tackle. That's my first initial thought. But, you know, given Bear Alexander's pass rush ability, I I like that idea. I like him playing the defensive tackle, putting him sort of on that other edge opposite of defensive end, whether that's Anthony Lucas or or Jack Sullivan. That's two big bubbas right there on the end you got to deal with. And then you have a guy who's also a Bubba, who is a big person <laughs> that could beat up a little person e- easily. So you have just a lot of flexibility. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of mixing and matching too with these guys because they have a lot of versatility. Right. Between Jack Sullivan and Bear being able to play multiple spots, yeah. I, I think it's there's no set in stone spot. I do like that idea, but I think my first instinct is to put him at nose guard. Yeah. I would agree with you there. Um, they have a lot more options now instead of just there's this, you know, or let's move this guy inside because he's better than the guy we have that's big enough to play inside. But let's put him there just because we need an athlete or whatever. Like now you have guys in all those spots that can play. You have so. multiple guys with Thule like versatility that yeah. you can move around and mix and match. And it's you're not moving out of like necessity. It's just more about like where they're gonna fit best, not like we have a hole here, but this guy's a better player. So well let's try him in this spot. You know, that a lot of that stuff was happening, which I don't think you'll see anymore. Let's we're gonna go to these chat ones. I'm gonna try to rapid fire through these, Chris. Can we try sure, that? Sure. Yeah. SC Dad. Is this the new strategy? Let the kids grab the NIL money bag freshman year and then pick them up on the transfer portal in their second year. Yeah, this is definitely a strategy that USC is using, you know, to to love something. Sometimes you have to let it go yeah. and it'll come back. <laughs> that's that's what you got to do sometimes. I think it's a pretty smart strategy too, yeah. Um, we've got this next one, Vagabond Trojan. Um, with spring practice over, what coaching gets done until fall camp? I know they're uh, PRPs, player-run practices, but what can the coaches do? Checking in from Switzerland – Ryan, come hike some hills. I would love that. Switzerland. That'd be awesome. Uh, Lincoln Riley was actually asked about, like, what is, I think Keeley asked at the end of the conference call, like, what is next three months or whatever going to be like? Right now, it's a lot of recruiting. The yeah. guys hosting some visitors this past weekend. Now they're all going out to do sort of spring 
evaluation and all that that kind of stuff in terms of the high school recruiting. So they're going to be on the road for several weeks, stopping all over the country to show their face, shake some hands, get some babies. kids, put some offers out there. That's what they're going to be doing right now. When they come back, they'll probably do some more evaluation, you know, getting things ready for the summer. They can't really have a ton of interaction with the guys or a lot of coaching with that. So, like, the PRPs are mainly run by the uh, the strength and conditioning guys. Those guys lead those. Yeah. And so they'll go into that, and then they'll start having their meetings, getting the guys ready for fall, and then break into fall camp, obviously. And then off we go to the, the season. But right now, coaches are focused on uh, recruiting at the moment before coming back to, to game plan and get ready for that summer period. And later in the summer, the coaches can get out on the field, and they do like kind of – it's more like agility stuff. Mm-hmm. And they can't have footballs, but they're right. out there for – there's. I forget how many hours they're allowed to, but there's a certain amount of hours. Like you got like 20 hours a week, which like Benny Wiley, his crew can be there. And then the coaches can be there for part of it, but they, they can't have footballs out there on the field. You can't be running be like individual drills and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we had a, another question. Let's see in the YouTube chat. This one is, do you think the poor defensive performance of last year and during the spring game are a product of personnel or coaching and scheme? I wouldn't put too much thought into the spring game. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a spring game. Like, Did you say the spring game? It mentioned the last year okay. and the spring game. Okay. So I wouldn't, I would probably just focus on last year. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. You needed better players, got better players. Yeah. Uh, tweak your scheme to fit uh, your strengths and fix your weaknesses. And we heard it from a player who thought it was both too. So, or a, Someone on the staff, we thought it was more so both. So, again, you got better players. Now it's more on the scheme. Now we got to see what the scheme does with these with the guys that are upgrades from last year's defense. So, more pressure on Alex Grinch. He's got he's got better players now. Let's the USC fans want to see the the results as as a result of getting you know guys like Bear Alexander and Anthony Lucas. Yeah, uh, we a couple of along the same lines. I know there was a bunch of talk about this. Debo says. How many guys can they actually pick up in the portal based on scholarship uh, availability? And then SC Dad comes in. If over the 85 limit, how does Lincoln Riley ask the three and four deep guys to leave? Um, they're processing out. I got to update the scholarship distribution chart, but um, like Chris said, it's pretty tight right now. But if there's a guy they want to bring in, they figure out a way to, to make it happen. Um, you know, I think there's frank conversations being going on where, hey, man, you're not going to be playing. It might be better for you to – we've seen guys retire and they stay on scholarship to go to school or they go into the portal. Um, but any thoughts on any of that, Chris? I have to look at the scholarship. I think maybe they have two spots right now. I, that's like off the top of my head doing the quick math in my head because remember yeah. – they are getting the Ethan White kind of spot you back. You get that back. Because you're not on the hook for that, as Gerard had mentioned on the Composite Two Star Recruits. So they're not going to be on the hook for that. So I think right now they have two spots open. Again, don't don't quote me on that. I think just doing the quick math in my head and just a reminder, I'm very bad at math. So as of right now, I think they just have those two spots. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Again, they could use a little bit more space, but again, no, not a lot of players have entered since uh, the beginning of Saturday outside of, what, Malcolm Epps? Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson and Cortland Ford. Yeah. That's about it. 
So you had that. It's not like a mass exodus, like not like we're seeing in Colorado. They don't need that many guys to go, but yeah, there's a few guys that you know you're like, oh, okay. That and then you be. had the Ethan White scholarship you got back. So you know you got Deuce Bear. That leaves two there. Lincoln alluded to having more space, so maybe they have three. Because again, we're not really sure who is. Who is on scholarship? Kobe Pepe is still technically in the portal, so I don't know what's going on with yeah, that. Yeah, because he was participating, but then he's been in the portal, so so he could technically be an open spot. So it gets a little little murky, but I would say safe, just as a safe estimate, I think they have at least two spots right now. Yeah. If you're worried that like, oh my god, there's this great offensive lineman that USC can't get because they don't have room, don't worry about that. They'll find. A They'll way. get room. Yeah. So I would I wouldn't worry too much. Uh, this is from Michael. In uh, in the chat, is the defensive line all of a sudden the strength of the defense? Hmm. I would say yes. Yeah, I would. I think it was trending towards being a strength. Maybe not, you know, like world beaters, but certainly the potential was there for them. You obviously like Anthony Lucas does not have a ton of production at the college level. Bear Alexander for playing as a true freshman doesn't have like a like two years starting two years of starting experience to his name still a lot of young guys mixed with some guys that have playing time so i would say it's kind of in the middle yeah. i definitely think it's definitely one of the top half position groups. the potential's there for it to be a strength i think yeah we're talking potential it's definitely definitely up there but yeah. in terms of like on paper production talent all that yeah it's definitely in that top half top groups i'm gonna be doing my updated uh power rankings for each position group so we'll see where they fall all right uh, Racer X has a couple questions. He said, do you guys see us going after more linebackers and rush ends? I don't see linebackers. Probably not, yeah. I see rush ends. They did host a 2023 edge rusher this, this weekend for an official visit, Emmanuel Okai, who is really interesting because he is a prospect out of London by way of Africa. He was discovered at a camp. Ended up moving to London for the NFL Academy. That's where he kind of plays. So he was just in the United States for the first time, taking a bunch of official visits. Tennessee, Vanderbilt was going to go to Colorado, but they asked him to reschedule. So he ended up going earlier to USC. I believe he's flying back to London today. So oh, wow. that's a guy. They're, they're looking like they're still recruiting for the 2023 class. So it looks like they want to get some more depth in there. I mentioned that, you know, maybe another edge rusher guy with, Sack experience could be needed, but again, all depends on what space they have left. I think they could use another edge rusher, but I was thinking more so a guy who has experience at the college level, not necessarily a 2023 prospect. Yeah. By the way, Racer X, love. Uh, do you ever watch uh, Speed Racer growing up? I mean, you're, this is probably before your time. Speed Racer was a great cartoon, but Racer I used X. I watch Hanna Barbera. Yeah. I mean, it was like in that genre there. Yeah, absolutely. He also wanted to know, uh, with Lucas, Alexander, Sullivan, Bars, Muhammad, and Solo, do you think we have the best front seven in the Pac-12? Ooh, that's, that's I mean, the on, guy for the guy who has a podcast. On paper, podcast. but like production-wise, like are you going to be better than what Utah's been? Like, I don't know. Like that's a that's a way to just that's a bunch of names. That's not I haven't seen them just a bunch do of names. It yet. Yeah. Like Yeah, they, I think on paper you have the argument that they're the best. Right. But until you see the production, which we haven't seen. Uh, then one last one uh, from Racer X. Do you see us going after the former five-star Washington Huskies defensive lineman, Savelle Smalls? I do not. 
because again, feels more like a plan B option because Gerard has mentioned this many times. You want, when you're in the portal, you want more production as opposed to what they were in high school, chasing that. He was obviously a five-star, highly touted player, but you know, you can maybe take a gamble on that, but I think, as I mentioned, it comes down to space. They don't have a bunch of space right now, and do you really want to risk that on a guy who, you know, who has, what, like 20 tackles in three years or something like that? Yeah. Not the production you, you people thought he was going to have as a five-star coming out of high school. If you have an extra space and you want to take a flyer, a dart throw, yeah, absolutely. But I think as of right now, no, he's not on the top kind of priority list. I would agree. Juicy J, is Darren Barlow, Barlow still on the roster? And do you think he will be in two weeks? I, he, he is? He is. I'm not sure because I think he's already transferred once. So he would have yeah. to sit out. So I think for him, it's about getting his degree and then he can answer, enter as a grad transfer at any point and be and have that. Doesn't have to sit out. So. I, I'm not sure where he is in terms of his like graduation status, but I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to be on the roster in two weeks. Yeah, I would think so too. Um, they, the running back room looks really good. We'll see where we kind of fits in there. SC Dad has a question: Who started free safety in the spring game, and is Zion a candidate when healthy? Bryson Shaw. I think or Bryson was, Shaw, Kalen Bullock. Yeah, the combo. I believe those two started or whatever yeah those were the two combos and i guess yes zion is a uh a uh what is it contender for that spot he's learning every safety position so nickel strong and and free so yeah he's could be one of those spots and but again he was like he was, he was non-contact all yeah. spring so bring him along slowly we'll, we'll get a real feel about where he fits into the defense come fall when you can actually like hit and stuff yeah. and participate in those those drills. Leon wants to know, is uh, Israeli Brown really moving to the slot and for good? I don't think for good. I Lincoln kind of left it to where he was like just learning, taking the spring to learn that and just kind of get more familiar with it. And it sounds like he's going to be kind of moving back and forth between both. You know, he could get, you see him line up as a running back and maybe move out to a slot. So Stuff like that. I, I don't think he's moving permanently to wide receiver. He's just another wrinkle to his game as he learns the inside receiver position. And then uh, Bucky Chan, uh, do you think that Bear Alexander could be the Sean Cody for Lincoln Riley? So if you don't know, the analogy would be when Pete Carroll took over, he had to convince Sean Cody to stay home. He was sort of like the big local top recruit that was kind of pied pipering for the rest of the other guys. So it sort of made it okay. Oh, this, this top recruits coming to USC. So it's okay for other guys. Uh, I mean, potentially on the defensive side of the ball, like they were, they don't need any help on the offensive side of the ball. You already brought in a Heisman winner from a transfer and a Belenikoff award winner, but you weren't bringing in super studs on defense. They've brought some in and you could argue like an Anthony Lucas could be that guy, but bear Alexander being on a national championship team, as a former five-star, yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's not the perfect analogy, but this, I think I could see it on the defensive side of the ball. Open it up for some other top defensive players, as long as they have some success on defense, too. Right, it's just the the analogy works as a like a defensive line building block yeah. for the future. 
And, you know, if they're able to make the college football playoff with an increased, a better defense, be it better defensive front with Bear helping along the way, yeah, I think that analogy kind of fits. Yeah. Uh, we also got a, well, I was reading through the questions from oh. Benny. Thanks, Benny. Thank uh, you. No question or anything. If you have a question, I mean, definitely don't need to give us donations. Those are great. We appreciate it. I can take Chris to lunch or something, but uh, if you have a question, we'll you know we'd love to hear from you. I forgot you... to point out that I, I wore my Big Bear Lake shirt. Nice. Honor bear. Can, so can, I get, like... can I get a bear sound? Hold Just... on. Oh yeah, hold on. Yeah. Let me. Uh, you want to? You're. It's yeah. in front of the you... microphones. So you have to kind of move it over. There you go. Perfect. Big Bear Lake. And hey, what's on your hat? A crow. I oh, think. Okay. A raven. Oh. Did they? Are they recruiting any raven? No, I, not that I know of. Not that I know of. Uh, very nice. Okay. Well, I think that's all I got. Well, let's just do our... Uh, well, what pose was it going to be? Yeah, we're going to do a... bear. Let's do bears. Bears? Okay. you got to be angry. Uh, hold on. Okay, so... Ready? For those listening, uh, yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, that was very that was very awkward silence. Uh, like yeah. We had to growls or something. Basically, you know, we kind of say this every week. You have... Um, screenshots and youtube kind of picks some for you but we try to pick ones that are good chris would always say that i pick like the worst ones he of picks him. the worst good just go back like four months ago and look <laughs> at all the terrible screen grabs <laughs> that he picks of me so i decided you know what we're just gonna i think i started the post thing and then you kind of ran with it now you it became your thing i think I've yeah said... i think you said okay well we'll we can like because it's hard Close to pick it. one too, you know. Like so, now I'm making it like the show's running <laughs> tradition of just picking a new one every time. Right. And with the bear is easy this so week. So the bear is easy this week. I that, had one. That's, for, that's a do. That's a I like deal. it. Uh, we were talking about the um, on the podcast of champions. We were talking. We don't pose on that one, but we were talking about uh, the new rule changes. And Dave was talking not liking the the not you know no more stopping on first downs. And so my. I did like a thumbs down one for that one, but it looked like I was booing David. No, we don't pose. Oh, I just, okay. I just try to think about like when we could do, um, but yeah. Okay. So coming up two star composite Wednesday, right? Any thought about doing another live one? I mean, is, First of is all, is Bear coming in enough to do a live no, one? No, it's not enough to do a live one. Okay. <laughs> but I think Gerard and I would like to take a break. Okay. So I think we're going to try to do... That will not be uh, received well. Sure. But <laughs> maybe if we promise to do a live show coming back... Oh, yes. Coming back, then people will be a little bit more uh, uh, empathetic of us taking a break. So I think the goal is, you know, we'll do one this week and then maybe another one to wrap up Portal because the Portal will be closed by then. Yeah. And then we'll take a break for a couple weeks. I know probably Eddie is crying somewhere in the in the chat, but I think that's the plan to take give give the give the big guys some rest, the vocal cords some rest. But then, you know, possibility I would like to try to do a live show at some point before in the summer at some point. So we'll see what happens. We do want to kick off. Maybe that'll be the kickoff to season two of Composite Two Star Recruits. Who knows? But yeah, I think I think I can talk Gerard into doing another live show if we get a break. Okay, so you need a little break. All right. 
Uh, that's cool. And just so everyone knows, the portal doesn't close close. The portal closes for new entries. So like if you, you watch go in. Yeah. So you can go into the portal till the end of the month, essentially. So if you weren't in the portal before, you can go in. The SEC has a weird rule. If you go into the portal during the spring period, you can't transfer to an SEC school. So they have their own kind of thing. But if you're in the portal now, you don't need to decide by the end of the month. You can stay in the portal for as long as you want and pick a school when you want. Sometimes it's a lot of the times it's just they can't find a school or, you know, but the there's not a deadline to transfer. There's a deadline to enter. So by the end of the month, we should know exactly how many people are on USC's roster as far as like people going into the portal. You could still see guys like retire. Um, and I got some clarification on Ethan White. I know there was some question because he had signed some sort of financial aid agreement with USC because USC announced him. Um, they did change the rule. I was able to get clarification. He's not a counter for USC going forward. So he's not part of the 85 just because he had signed with USC. If he was on the roster in fall camp and then retired, he would be, um, he would count. But I think the rollover is like the end of June, beginning of July. So if you're participating like July on, then you're a counter uh, for the following year. Right now, he would not be. So uh, if that makes sense. Makes sense to me. Kind of had to learn a lot about scholarship numbers, which I didn't even talk about until the sanctions. So I guess, what, 12 years ago or whatever it was, you kind of had to pay attention to what was going on because they had limited numbers and stuff. You need to do an update for May 1st. After the portal closes. For sure. May 1st, we'll we'll get an update. Then we'll know everyone who's in. Yeah. Now, they could still have some guys sort of like get processed out or retire. Like they sure. stay on scholarship. But if you're trying to transfer and actively go play somewhere else, you got to get into the portal before the end of the month. And that's the other thing. There, We won't know a processed player until the f- summer when they update the roster. Right. So yeah. there could be like three guys that are not entering the portal, but they're still in school and stuff. Yeah. So. And well, I mean... We can find out sure. behind the scenes, but yeah, it's it's not like something that would be announced or whatever. So, um, but yeah, all right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it, uh, Chris Trevino. I am Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for listening across the podcasting network, the Parastel Podcast. We've been going since two thousand eight, so we appreciate that. And thank you for watching us either live or on replay on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe over there. At Inside Troy, we appreciate it very much. Uh, all the listenership, all the questions, all the comments. Um, it really makes this a lot of fun to do. So we thank you all. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices, every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 